I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. It's Cormac and Sergio here on Room 104. And are we going to live forever? Are we going to be able to attend our own funeral? Is death just a problem we're going to get rid of thanks to technology in the future? I hope so, yeah, because um, I've always wanted to live forever. I've often said this, that I don't care if all of my friends and anyone I've grown up with has passed on. I'll make new friends, the younger ones. Will you, though? (laughs) Yeah, you know I'd talk to a wall if I could. In fairness, you would. Um, There's obviously... Reversing ageing and being immortal has always been... A, a fantasy I would say of most people a dream people want to chase after that elixir of youth but you could argue that technology is edging ever closer to being able to make that a reality and to explain a little bit more to you about how and why we might be able to avoid death we might be able to prolong our lives we might be able to attend our own funerals how, how insane would that be you'd be able to give yourself the greatest eulogy of all time by just going I was great you were all idiots <laughs> who actually, turned up oh we'd be able to see actually yeah there you go and um, we're going to speak now to futurologist Dr Pearson who writes extensively about this Dr Pearson how are you sir I'm doing pretty well how are you uh, I, I know we could talk for hours about the type of content and the type of things that you write about and speak about, but how do you become, how, how does one get into the field of uh, futurology or uh, doing these things that you're doing? Well, you just have to think about the future full time. Uh, I'm, I'm an engineer underneath and I'm a systems engineer, so I think about whole systems. And that allows me to think about the future of technology, particularly, and where the technology is likely to go. And then from that, you know, once you can figure out where the technology is going to be, you can work out how that might impact on all the different areas of our lives. And where is the technology going? Well, the interesting bit at the moment is that we're heading towards being able to connect our bodies more and more to the machine world. So a lot of people walk around with Fitbits and things like that on. Some people have got cochlear implants or even retinal implants, and a few people have got direct connections onto the surface of their brain to allow them to control wheelchairs and so on. Now, in the 2050 time frame, this is going all the way to allow you to plug into the computer networks to such an extent that you can increase your IQ, increase your memory, and effectively a lot of your thinking will happen inside cyberspace. So your, your brain is essentially being extended and part of that extension is in a server farm somewhere in the world you don't care where so you still stay as you but you're extending the brain space that you've got to play with and you're thinking more and more of your thinking will happen inside of the cloud in these server farms and one day your body will die of old age but it won't matter because 99% of your mind will already be running in the cloud so you'll only lose 1% of your, your mind so you buy an android, you upload into it you go to your funeral and you go back to work <laughs> 
on Monday morning, death isn't a major career problem. Well, do you know what? Our uh, our government would love that for the whole pension issue to be resolved. Like we're never, you're never going to ever stop working. Good never. little slave worker yeah. bee. Um, I'm just yeah. trying to think about it, right? Because when you were mentioning that, obviously thinking, you know, using cloud computing to think in your own brain. How my my brain right now is fried, even trying to comprehend that. Yeah. I mean, do you've any, have you thought about how that might feel for like if my brain is hooked up to a computer that has more processing power than I've ever had? Like, what type of things am I doing, and how how does that feel? I don't think it would feel any different. I mean, you're not really aware of anything going on inside your brain. You know, you can't feel it going on inside your brain. You just know what you're thinking, and you, you have to. You don't sort of feel it in the same way as touching something. It's it's just happens. It'd be much the same if you extended your mind into cyberspace. As long as the delays are insignificant, and they would be, then it's essentially still happening inside your head. So you wouldn't actually notice any difference at all. But you might gradually become smarter and smarter, and you might find your memories improving. You could even improve your sensory capabilities, so you could have Superman-style senses where you can see in infrared or ultraviolet or X-ray vision or whatever you want. You could do all of that sort of stuff as well. And you could gradually make your body better and better, make your mind better and better, and you could have telepathic communication with other people because they'd be connected into the cloud too. So you could link your mind to somebody else's mind, share thoughts directly, uh, swap messages across. You could essentially inhabit an android. So you could just buy an android as a spare body for when you want to go out and do something different as a different person. And you could just upload into that essentially and just treat it as if it was your own body. So there's all sorts of possibilities that come with this. But as you've already mentioned yourself, there's a big problem with it is that if you're going to carry on existing, you might find that your pension plan doesn't cover you. (laughs) So you might have to carry on working. Uh, A lot of people that are much wealthier would probably want to have not just one Android that they could live in. They might want to have dozens of Androids that they could live in if they're rich enough. So there's an enormous potential environmental benefit. So there's all sorts of areas where this would change our laws and change our culture. And we have to think all of these things through. We've got about 25, 30 years to do that, but we're going to have to start pretty soon. One of the things that just sprung into my head there, you're talking about, uh, you know, wealthy people might be able to have multiple different Androids doing multiple different Hmm. things. So I'm just envisioning a Tony Robbins style seminar where they're trying to sell you on buying 10 Androids of yourself so you can become super productive. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like I took my life to the next level by installing myself on 17 Androids and now you can do the same. That's right. It could be a complete mess. And uh, I think another aspect of it is if, if you extend your mind into a cloud and the cloud is owned by one of these big IT companies, as it will be, um, you know, will they own your mind? Will they be able to sell your mind to other other companies and sort of rent your consultancy services out for free just for advertising or something? You know, how will this be managed? You know, will the government own you? Will the company you used to work for be able to keep a backup of your mind so they can, <laughs> uh, when you've retired, can they carry on employing you for free? Oh, All God. sorts of things. That's incredible. And we're, now, is this only going to affect people from the age of 40 and under? Because I was reading something that you had said that over the age of, of 40, you'll probably die off. Well, you know, here's the problem. You know, I, I was born in 1960. By 2050, I'll be 90 years old. So I'm not expecting to live much beyond that. If I'm really lucky, I could just about make it. But in 2050, this technology will be really expensive. So it probably won't come down to a price I could afford it until 2060, 
2070. I'd be 110 by then. Not a chance I'll be still alive. So <laughs> it's it's too late for me. But my daughter, she's, what, 25, 20, going on 26. Uh, she'll almost certainly still be alive in 2050 unless she gets run over by a bus or something. So, you know, she'll she's going to benefit. And the cutoff point really is if you're about 40 or under, you're probably going to be alive in long enough to be able to afford to buy an upgrade that gives you essentially electronic immortality. If you're much over 40, you might not be able to afford it in time or you might not live long enough. So, you know, hard luck. You're the last generation of your family to die. <laughs> Unbelievable. So we're going to live forever. This is great news. I, I don't know because, I mean, there's obviously other impacts. If we are all winding up living longer and longer, like, do you ever think about what's going to happen to the population? So we're at, what, 7, 8 billion now. If none of us wind up dying anymore, are we just kind of condemning the earth to, to be ruined? Yeah, that is a really big problem. I mean, the only thing that counteracts that is as the technology becomes available to do that, we're getting smarter and smarter. The AIs are becoming smarter and smarter. Hopefully by then we'll be able to solve all these other problems. We'll be, we'll be able to make energy you know virtually free and unlimited and be able to make enough food to feed everybody we'll have enough of everything else and we'll have plenty of resources because the AIs designed the technology so it hardly uses any to make any particular functions so we might be able to support a population of you know 20 30 40 billion people who knows but there still is going to be a limit you can't put infinite numbers of people yeah. because there isn't enough space you can only have 70 million 70 billion people in the world before it's dead the density is the same as the UK. So, you know, there are physical limits on how many people you can actually house on the Earth, but we need to go off and populate other planets and space stations. Half of us will have been gone by then. We'll yeah. be living on Mars and the Moon. Well, I'm going to find my husband yeah. in Mars, oh, the alien. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. you get to hook up with an alien. Yeah. Um, there's two things I want to ask you because this, um, this whole idea blows my mind. So obviously, if we get to a point in the future where you can link your brain into cloud computing or uh, hmm. into, into some other form of technology and maybe hardware, right? I imagine it's then kind of like having access to like Google in your brain. So instead of having to physically type something, you can compute stuff and search stuff and have access to the database of knowledge, but just directly linked into your brain then. So then who are you then? Does this have a big impact? Because everyone on... will be the same because everyone well, will be, have That's what I mean. So like if, if you're thinking about solving a problem or asking a question or finding out something and it's, it's because you're directly hardwired into a cloud or into a search engine or into the internet. Well, it must do. But, you know, you could, you could argue that just having a mobile phone and having internet access on your PC or whatever, uh, you know, this has already changed us dramatically. We, we, we talk to more people in the average week than our grandparents used to talk to in an entire lifetime. Our, our whole culture has changed dramatically as a result of technology already, but we don't really notice it. But, you know, that kind of thought-based search that you were just talking about, mm. where you just think about a problem and Google gives you the answer straight into your brain, we're probably only talking mid-2030s before you can do that sort of thing. Uh, 2040 at the latest. Uh, this direct brain link where you can live forever it might be 2050, but a long time before that, you'll be able to do thought recognition and use that to drive a search engine and put the ideas straight back into your head. So this uh, two-way communication with the machine world just by thinking is, is 2030s or 2040s technology. Right, and the other thing that's screaming at me is you have people nowadays giving out about YouTube, Facebook and Twitter and mm. saying, you know, the thought police and certain hmm. certain things are, certain accounts are being shut down and, you know, people are, are tracking what you were saying, whatever. But if our thoughts are now linked 
to a computer the thought police now becomes a very very real thing doesn't it and you mentioned if Facebook if you're thinking the wrong thoughts because if some of my thoughts were made public on a daily True. basis my god be locked away for years you know so <laughs> where, where are you lying with, with privacy <coughs> and, and things like that when it comes to the brain machine link I'm exactly on the same page as you if my thoughts were available to the police <laughs> I'd have been locked up a long time ago uh, maybe that's the solution to population we all just get locked up <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to breathe you th- thought a bold uh, thing yesterday I, I think there is an immense problem here with privacy you, you should have uh, some fundamental human right to the privacy of thoughts inside your own head now I know that the police in Ireland and the UK and probably lots of other countries want to get access to that and they yeah. want to police all these hate crimes and they keep inventing new versions of those every week we have to stop that at some point because if they get access to your mind they can see every time you're thinking some impure thought life would be hell you know you've got to have that freedom to think whatever you like and it only becomes a crime if you actually go out and do that you should be able to think about murdering somebody because you really don't like them if you don't actually murder them it shouldn't be a crime just thinking about it that shouldn't be a problem this well, is this is like this is we're moving into minority report territory you know we the, are the, the, yeah. uh, but that this is this is I didn't think me. it was going to be this soon yeah That's it, it's the it's not very far away I mean already you can pick up people's emotions you can pick up uh, whether they're stressed you can pick up even what um, images they're thinking about if you've got a connection to their body you don't need to have uh, electrodes all over your head to do that just picking up um, signals from your fingertips is enough to do basic thought recognition for example uh, they used to be computer games way back 20 years ago where you could drive a cursor around a computer screen or you know ski down a slalom ski slope on your computer screen just by thinking left and right so we've had that basic technology you can pick up emotions you can pick up thoughts directly just by looking at your face and picking up gestures and what your pupils are doing and picking up the blood flow through the capillaries in your skin you can pick up all sorts of these things and already the police are able to do that that kind of recognition in real time just by looking at a crowd with a camera. So there's a lot of stuff that you can do which which would give the game away that, you know, this guy's a bit suspicious. He's thinking, you know, naughty thoughts or something. Or uh, and you, if you can do that at a crowd level and it only takes a few milliseconds for the camera to decide who's the problem and then the police home in on them, this could really be a big problem. We have to stop that, that, that kind of surveillance before it gets to that level. And it isn't very far away. No, because I heard recently in London that they were uh, trialling out facial recognition uh, um, yes. Similar way. I think they may have stopped it because it was wrongly identifying uh, a hell of a lot of people, or oh. the wrongly identified percentage of people was yeah. a little bit too high, for want of a better word. But this is like George Orwell's 1984 on crack cocaine. It is, and if you if you look at the videos recently from China where they're policing the uh, the virus, you know the the cameras there are overlaying the temperature of the people on the picture so that the uh, police can identify who might have a fever and who might not have a fever, so they can home in and pick up. The the ones that might have the the coronavirus. Now that might be a very benign use of the technology, but it's not very different from picking up what you know who are the people thinking these hate crimes in in the crowd. And then if you go just too far down that road, you know it's uh, who's thinking about stealing something from that shop, or who's thinking about uh, uh, cheating on the tax return, or who's thinking about speeding. You know where will it stop? It won't. Is that the only thing that will wipe us out? Illness. Oh uh, well, I, I don't like to spin doom and gloom, but every year some new technology comes out which allows you to kill the entire population of the planet in new ways. So if you go back to about 2000, you could have had a nuclear war, you could have a comet strike or you know, global virus or something. Now we're able to invent new kinds of virus, invent new kinds of bacteria that can wipe out everybody of a particular age or a particular gender.
gender or particular race or whatever. You can do all of that sort of stuff. We also have the capability to make super weapons, which can wipe out enormous numbers of people at the same time. We're developing mini drones that can drop drops of nerve gas on every single person in the stadium. The technologies are becoming more and more feasible to do mass destruction on bigger and bigger scales every year. And if you go out to about 2050, there's about 100 different ways of wiping out everybody on the planet compared to just five in wow. 2000. So if wow. you think the probability of these is pretty much the same as a nuclear war each, you end up with an extinction estimate of about 2075 or thereabouts. So we have to get some handle on how to deal with new technologies and not make them into weapons and not figure out how to kill each other with them. If we can solve that, then we might live for you know millennia. If we don't, we, it could be a very short future. Uh, Dr. Pearson, I've now developed a phobia of going outside. Yeah. So. <laughs> and being alive in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose if you don't think about these things, yeah, I never thought about the, the, the drone thing in no. the stadium with, with the biological weapons. We probably don't know half of the stuff that they've developed in, in research labs around the world when it comes to different things like that. But it's always good to be given another dose of absolute fear of what could be coming <laughs> down the line. Oh, oh. happy to oblige. God. God. I'm still excited though. Did you I not hear what he just said? Yeah, I did. But I, I also heard that I could live forever. Yeah, that's and good. I can make myself more intelligent, which is always a good thing. Are you can swap bodies. Are you getting a new fancy Android? And get some updates. Yep. Yeah. So those are all uh, those are all good things. Young again. On on the balance of everything, Doctor Pearson, right? You are a futurologist who spends your time thinking about the future of technology, where it's all going. Are you optimistic or pessimistic? I'm generally optimistic. I think that the future isn't going to be a utopia, but it isn't going to be a dystopia either. I think if you go to any arbitrary date in the future, it'll be a little bit better than today. We'll have some new problems for sure, but we'll also have got rid of a lot of problems we have today. And life will, we're not heading towards a utopia, but it'll be gradually better and better and better as you go into the future. So I'm generally optimistic. There are plenty of opportunities to screw it up completely, (laughs) but by and large, we always pull back from the brink just in time. So I'm I'm confident we can carry on doing that. We like living on the edge. There you go. Now, are you Hmm. only confident because you won't have to deal with the nuclear <laughs> drone fallout in 20 or 30 or 40 years time and we'll be here going ah oh, no the bio mosquitoes with the new super we should have listened yeah. to Ian should have listened to our doc back in the day okay well um, I could sit here and I think most people could listen to you talk for several hours on end but we unfortunately haven't got uh, time I know you write uh, regularly and you do a lot of stuff online someone's listening right now that wants to read more of your work and see more of get more of your thoughts where's the best place you direct them to my blog is timeguide.wordpress.com timeguide.wordpress.com that's the one listen uh, Dr. Pearson that was fascinating yeah. mind-blowing uh, terrifying all at, all at the same time <laughs> at the same time it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and who knows we might chat to you again soon great fun thanks very much cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.